We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. He turns. He fires for the win. He's got the bucket at the buzzer. back to Bibby. Has the open shot. Ladies and gentlemen, up on those feet, put those hands together. And we'll meet tonight starting five for your Sacramento Kings. Welcome to the Kings Beat Podcast, brought to you by Prize Picks. And hosted by Blue Wire, I am James Ham, Kings Insider for ESPN 1320, and the Kings beat. Joining me today, Fox 40, Sean Cunningham. Sean, how are you? I'm great. I'm a little cold. Um, not like in this podcasting studio area, but it's been frigid, man. I know you live in like Nevada, so in the mountains, so it's got to be uh, really cold up there. Um, I don't but live I've in Nevada, really cold, but I man. do live in the mountains. It's been cold. Like I, this morning, my uh, my car was covered in ice. Um, See? Yeah, actually, all, I like all of our cars were covered in ice this morning. And I went out yesterday at one point. I, oh, maybe it's the day before. It was like forty two degrees. I'm like, oh no, I don't want to be outside anymore. So. No, I had uh, high school football championships out at Sac City College at Hughes at historic Hughes Stadium. And uh, it was, it was very cold. Um, it's high school football the, over. The rain fortunately held out, but that's a good thing. No, we uh, just reached the NorCal Regional Championships coming up this weekend. So congratulations to a lot of teams from our area that have made it. You know, Rockland Thunder, Grant Pacers, Folsom Bulldogs, Casa Roble Rams. Oh, that's um, wild. Yeah, there's a there's a there's quite a few I'm forgetting. Woodland Christian, I know we have a a listener who shouted them out in our last uh, oh. uh, live show. So congratulations to the Cardinals for picking up their first section title. But it's getting big, man. Like uh, Northern California, the regional championship is big. So if you advance past this stage, then you go to state. So it's kind of fun to see two teams of the Sac Joaquin section in the Grant Pacers and the Rockland Thunder have to square off for the right to go to state. So that'll be a fun one. Okay. So is there still section championships? Oh yeah. That's what we just had this past weekend. So, okay. Um, once you get through, you know, grant Pacers, for example, are defending state champions in division three, and they're able to now move up to uh division two a or double to division two, double a, excuse me. Now that there's all these different divisions. And so by virtue of them, you know, playing the way they have, they get to move up a division and see if they can repeat as state champs only in division two. And that's what gets them their opponent in the Rockland thunder. So it's a lot, it's, it's so much fun. And there's seven divisions and there's double a and there's a, so you end up with like 21 games before you go to state. It's crazy. Oh, that's totally wild. Yeah. Um, when I was in high school at Nevada union, um, we were grant, and us were like better rivals. And then after I left, the whole Chad Elliott thing happened where they, mm. they poached the starting quarterback from Nevada Union uh, to have him throw to like, uh, they had a bunch of stars. But I, Chad Elliott had said, like, it had set like the state record for passing uh, everything like as a, as a sophomore. And then they got him to move to Sacramento and 
have an apartment right by by Grant High School. It, ridiculous. So lawsuits, everything wow. else. Many years Dirty. ago. Yeah, so we were Division One then. Like, uh, so was Grant. Like, huge, huge high schools, like 3,000 kids plus. Coach Dave Humphers, right? Uh, yes, my uh, right before my junior year, Randy Blankenship left, and we had Humphers. So Humphers, first two years as a as a varsity head coach, he was a defensive coordinator uh, before that, but um, his first two years were my junior and senior year. Yeah. Nevada Union. Yeah, Nevada Union. There we go. Um, I always loved it. We didn't make the section championship, but we did when I was a freshman. So I, you know, I remember going to Merced to watch this section championship game. And watch this. Uh, what's that? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. They kicked a 55 yarder as time expired to win by one. Uh, Merced did. And the replay shows 12 men on the field. They had an extra lineman and our, our outside linebacker missed the, the kick by nothing, but a 55 yarder in high school. Wow. Crazy. No video replay then. But watch no. the, watch this segue, James. As complicated as the state tournament is for high school football, uh, I think the NBA in-season tournament might be a little bit more complicated. I totally agree, Sean Cunningham. The in-season <laughs> tournament, that's what we're going to spend most of our day here on. Uh, it's going to be a little bit shorter podcast. Um, if folks out there are wondering, where's Brendan? I'm one um, of them. Where the hell is Brendan? I, I don't know. He, he wasn't feeling good earlier, and then he's got something oh. going on. He's trying to uh, jump on with us at some point. Uh, so hopefully he does join the show here, uh, but we'll see. Um, he's been a little he's been a little under the weather, um, but hey, I think everyone is at this point. This has been uh, I don't know about you, Sean, but Turkey Day was filled with nothing but like positive COVID tests. Not with me and, really? my, inter- and my immediate family, like my wife and boys, but yeah, the rest of the family, uh, yeah, it's Jeez. not been it. The, the COVID has, uh, has come to hang out, which is not great. Um, yeah, so, okay, let's get to the business side. Uh, if you're watching here on uh, YouTube and you don't mind, give us a thumbs up. Um, subscribe to the channel. Wherever you're listening to the pod, give us a rating and review. Those things help. Um, outside of that, uh, we will have an off the record with the Kings Beat Virtual Happy Hour eventually. Uh, it's virtual? just been, it's well, we'll see. I'm I'm still working on both. Like it's killing me, Sean. It's killing me. Uh, I'm working like four jobs at this point. You know that's that's one of the problems with give. with the modern uh, the modern journalist. You have to work so many different jobs in order to make it all make sense. Um, but here we are. Uh, and for here that are. matter, join me uh, and Kyle Madsen Monday through Friday from ten to noon on ESPN thirteen twenty. Uh, the Insiders. It's been a blast, and Kyle is awesome. He is such a cool dude, and I'm super excited about our show. It's been it's been going really well. Um, and, of course, follow Sean everywhere on his Fox 40 stuff. He's been doing great work over there, too, whether it's high school football or NFL football or it's Sacramento Kings basketball. Thanks, Let's man. get to this. It's a little crazy, right? Um, the in-season tournament, it all comes down to one game. The Kings are 3-0. They have a point differential of a plus 29. They lead their bracket, the which is, I think, the Western Conference C, Group C. Uh, group C, it's uh, the Sacramento Kings at 3-0 and with plus 29. The Golden State Warriors at 2-1 and with a plus 5? Why am I? Yes, plus 5. That was and a question mark, wasn't it? The Minnesota Timberwolves at two and one with a negative three point differential. So this whole stupid point differential thing, it matters, Sean. And uh, so here, let's just kind of break this down. If the Kings win on Tuesday night against the Golden State Warriors, they advance to the the knockout stage of the end season tournament. The knockout stage will be in market on December 5th and December 6th. And then the no no december 4th and december 5th and then if you win that game you play again on december 7th and if you win that game you play for the championship on december 9th if you do not advance right now if the kings don't advance and we'll get to that in just a sec the kings would play a regular season basketball game to be determined at a later date on december 6th and then again on december 8th 
So there will be games every day that week, but it's whether or not you're an in-season tournament game or you're just a standard NBA game. It's conceivable that the Kings could play in the in-season tournament, the Phoenix Suns and the Golden State, I mean, not not the Golden State Warriors, the, the LA Lakers. If that were to happen, the Kings would actually, if I'm not mistaken, play five regular season games because in-season tournament games count as regular season games, but that would put them at five games against a division rival during the regular season. So it's really kind of bizarre. Um, outside, So if the Kings win on Tuesday night, they beat the Golden State Warriors, the Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves are out. If the Kings lose, they're not out quite yet. If Minnesota wins, if the Kings lose to the Golden State Warriors, they both teams would be 3-1. and one. If the Minnesota Timberwolves can beat the Oklahoma City Thunder, they would also go to 3-1, and one, and this would force a three-way tie, and that three-way tie would, the first tiebreaker is uh, head-to-head, and then the second tiebreaker, which if there are three teams, all of which who beat each other, uh, which would be the case, then it goes to the second pr- tiebreaker, which is point differential. And then the third tiebreaker is not a good one for Sacramento. It goes to total points for your group, right? So right now the Kings trail the Golden State Warriors 360 to 358. There's no way for the Kings to lose to Golden State and pick up the necessary two points there in order to force a, a fourth tiebreaker or to beat that third tiebreaker. So let's get back to the second tiebreaker, this point differential thing. First of all, first of all, are you dizzy yet? I I just feel for anybody listening to this and um, know that I'm with you because this shit is very complicated. Yes. Um, and uh, you're not, you're not alone. You have a friend in this and, and uh, James spouting all this off. And Sean. I don't even think James totally understands it. And he's reading this and trying to go off memory. Uh, oh no, it, it's, I'm not this, reading this anything. Crazy. I'm going off of yeah. memory. Yeah. yeah okay. Bad. So, so let's get to how this. Again. <clears throat> and this would be about the Warriors worst start. time for James to have his internet problems. Here he is frozen in time, trying to explain the tiebreakers. I think James is going to have to reconnect. So I'll take you here for a little while. I think the easiest way is to just understand it. It's just, uh, are you back? I don't think you're back. I don't see you. You're not back. I'm back. You don't see me yet. uh, I can hear you much better than I can see you. So I can hear you. Okay. You can continue. Go ahead and go ahead and go for a sec, Sean. Well, okay. I'll keep going for a sec. Uh, Yeah. Tuesday's matchup Kings warriors is going to be what it all comes down to. And it, the interesting thing is the players themselves, at least from the King's standpoint are really looking forward to it. And I think the NBA has done this game, a tremendous service. And I am saying service by allowing Draymond green to return from suspension, his five game suspension that he got, uh, he'll be able to come back for that game on Tuesday at golden one center to be greeted by a whole bunch of rowdy Kings fans. Rowdy. It'll rowdy. And I think it's going to be even better because not only are the Kings looking forward to the tournament thing itself to be, you know, part of a group that is the first to do something. But more importantly, in the grand scheme of things in the season series with the Warriors, you need this win. You're already down 0-2 here in the third matchup with the with the Warriors. You're going to need to win this game. And hopefully the one in, in April, if they have any chance of tying and evening the series, because... Right now, you're down into an 0-2 hole with the Warriors, and they've kind of got the Kings number of late. Yeah, I totally agree. They It does feel like they have the Kings numbers. So Draymond is back, but to add to the drama, it also appears that Keegan Murray has a good chance of playing. Um, as we're recording this podcast, we have not seen an official medical update, but my guess is that Keegan will be listed as questionable for Tuesday's game, whether he plays or not is going to depend on how he does after he did participate participate fully in practice on Monday. Keep in mind the Kings have a back-to-back um, on Tuesday, Wednesday. Uh, back-to-back home games. So it's Golden State Warriors fall by the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, 
so it's a hectic sport, but um, Keegan, there's a good chance that Keegan Murray will play. Did I get out again, Sean? Yeah, let me just clean that up in the event uh, people didn't hear as, as you kind of cut in and out. Keegan Murray practiced in full on Monday. He will likely be questionable. There's no official mm-hmm. status yet for him uh, until they re- put the injury report out at 5.30 as we record this. We're about a little over an hour away from that right now. But he'll likely be questionable. We'll see how he responds overnight. He's had a nice couple days off before uh, Monday's practice um he'll likely be questionable he'll go through shoot around and then maybe even maybe even need a pregame warm-up uh to, to determine how his back feels but real important to point out that it's not just tuesday's game against the warriors but you'll also host the clippers on wednesday in a back-to-back so uh backs can be a little tough especially in back-to-back scenarios so we'll see uh if keegan will be ready to go for the warriors or possibly the clippers on wednesday as james is frozen I have, again i fight all if I, I don't know if you can hear me. Yeah. James is having Wi-Fi issues all day, I think, and it's uh, really affecting him right now. We'll see if we can get him back and uh, reconnected with us because we're also hoping that Brendan at some point can join us. He's been under the weather. Um, but a lot of fun is in store for the Kings. You know, it's great because they just came off a six-game road trip where they were, you know, four and two on that trip. They get that tough fought out win on against the Timberwolves last Friday. Uh, and that game, I mean, how crazy is it, James? I see your back. It's crazy because this feels a little different if you're three and three, as opposed to four and two coming into this really four game homestand, but let's face it, James, they're not going to be, they're, they're going to be home 14 games, a whole lot. They're going to be home for the holidays over the Christmas time. Uh, the whole month of December, 14 home games await them. So, uh, but it feels a little bit different if you're coming back three and three, as opposed to four and two, which they were fortunate enough to do. Yeah. The Kings opened the season, their first 15 games, 10 of them are on the road. So uh, of course, at some point the schedule is going to flip and you're going to get a bunch of home games. That doesn't mean, that that's a good thing because the Kings have like last season were a much better road team than they were a home team. Although this year they started off much better. They're four and one at home. And I think they're right at 500 on the road. Um, but uh, Sean, that the, the win over Minnesota for me was tremendous because it showed you a team like a six game road trip is brutal. And not only a six game road trip, but a six game road trip that ends on a Friday when Thanksgiving is on Thursday. So people are away from their families. They were exhausted. They get to that game. They were the aggressors. They were the better team for the entirety of the game. They fought through some, what I believe was some of the worst officiating that I've seen. And I'm not someone who complains about the officials all the time, but it was, it was (laughs) God awful, Sean. That was some of the most egregious officiating just like the touch fouls on one side and, and bludgeonings on the other. And you're like, what exactly is happening? Even like when I believe it was Mark Davis, right? When he, uh, Mike Brown, like, uh, challenged to call and won the challenge. He like, didn't even want to step to the mic. It was like, he begrudgingly announced that his call had been overturned. Like I, I thought the officiating was so poor and like the disparity in free throws, for two teams, one team shot 33 three-pointers, one team shot 35 three-pointers, and one team took, what, like 11 or 12 free throws, and most of those free throws came like at the end of the game when it was just about over, and the other team had like 15 free throws at the half. I just thought it was like very, very poorly officiated, and I don't know. That's just my two cents. I got you. Well, it was interesting. It was fun to see because, look, the Kings hit 14 threes before in the first half. And then things get a little tight down the stretch uh, of that second half. And I thought they came out with a really solid mentality. And I know Mike Brown really credited them after the game talking about how, yeah, he could have said, Oh, we gave it all our best and, and gone home three and three and been content with that. But this, you know, he credited his coaching staff and his players for wanting more than that. And, I think there was a little something to be said about handing the Timberwolves who've been red hot to start the season, their first loss on their home floor at target center. So um, I also think history played a role. I mean, Darren Fox talked about how the Timberwolves have kind of had the Kings number for whatever reason over the recent years, and they, they play them really, really tough. So 
um, it was it was nice to see that mentality. Whatever gets you up for the game, I thought JaVale McGee was was really good. He rebounded yep. superbly in that in that second half for a guy who kind of needed. I think he really needed a moment. He hasn't really had many of them here in Sacramento, but he. I don't think they win that game without him. Obviously, Fox was Fox. Uh, he was he was obviously tremendous in being able to essentially match um, you know Anthony Edwards throughout that entire game, point for point and finish with one point better than him. Uh, you know, I feel like Anthony Edwards has played like a top 10, maybe even arguably top five NBA player through the first uh, uh, portion here of the season. And Fox is in that conversation as well for when he's healthy, if not for his absences. So um, it, it's uh, it, it was a fun game. I think it was one of the games where you look back at the end of the season and you might kind of put a little asterisk as one of the wins of the year. Um, hopefully they have more more to show for it by the end of the year, more to, to join up with it. But at least in terms of the most important wins on the schedule so far this year, I think this one kind of falls in line there. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yeah, Sean, I totally agree. I think it was one of the best wins of the season. And the point I was making about the officiating, um, the Kings shot 9 of 11 from the line. The Timberwolves were 27 of 29 from the line. And 7 of the the Kings' 11 free throws came in the fourth quarter, um, especially like late in the game when they were trying to stop the Kings from, uh, like they are trying to stop the clock. So, like, again, I, I don't like calling out the officials because it's not something I typically do. Um, every once in a while I do this, but, like, this for me was one where it's like, whew, I, I thought the way that the Kings battled through that adversity, through the fact that they didn't have Keegan Murray again, um, through Demonis Sabonis in foul trouble the whole game, and, you know, he ends up fouling out of the game late. I thought it was probably the best win of the season. And if not there, maybe I'm forgetting one other game that was slightly better, but it was right there. Like the Dallas win was really good. I thought, but that was a team on the second night of a back to back. Um, This was a good win, especially you took a, you took a really big punch from both Anthony Edwards and from Carl Anthony towns. And somehow you were the victorious team. And so for me, and not only that, but you ended up winning by 13. And that ends up being tremendous in the point differential battle. And even late in the game, there's a moment with like, I don't know, a second or two left where De'Aaron Fox actually scores another basket. And it's crazy. But if we get back to the end season tournament, if De'Aaron Fox doesn't score that basket, the Kings differential is plus 27, right? Right. But the Timberwolves go to a plus a minus one as opposed to a minus three. So basically, because you're playing the, one of the teams in your bracket, that was a four-point swing. So now the Kings have a plus 32 on Minnesota, as opposed to if that basket doesn't go, it's a, it's a plus, I don't know, a plus 28. So 
it may actually come into play in some weird way. I, I doubt it, but every one of those baskets count because, again, the Kings could conceivably lose to the Golden State Warriors by, let's say they lose by 12, and that knocks your point differential down to 17, right? And it also boosts their point differential to a 17. Now you're tied, and now that's a problem for the Kings. So if the Kings lose by 11, but Minnesota wins their game but doesn't win by like a plus, I mean, it'd have to be like a plus 26, then the Kings would still be, or plus 20. You would still be in it, uh, plus 20, plus 21. So anyway, it's complicated. The the, the in-season tournament, how all the numbers work, it's super complicated. But like if the Kings win, they're in. If the Kings win, and I mean, if the Warriors win and Minnesota loses as well, the Warriors are in. If the Kings lose and Minnesota wins, now it becomes down. It comes down to this point differential thing. And just to point out, the Timberwolves play earlier in the day. They play at five o'clock on Tuesday. So going into the game, the Kings should have a good idea of what's actually going to happen, right? So hopefully that's you get some of that. You understand some of it. It's it's complicated. It's all kinds of weird numbers all over the place. But the Kings got a really good shot. Yeah, and I think the the what I think a lot of people wonder is what happens if not because obviously there's games that are going to be scheduled. You mentioned the dates. I believe the first one, which would be, was it the sixth, James? The sixth. Uh, I think that that game would be in Sacramento against an opponent to be named. Um. And I'm asking you a question here because I haven't seen this, but it seems as if the NBA will assign an opponent and there's some thought process into how that goes. But I wonder, like I'm looking at the at the schedule for the Kings and I notice they only play the Trailblazers three times. They only play the Rockets three times. Would it be one of those teams that they only face three times on the schedule as opposed to having a fifth uh, division opponent? So... Uh- for That's example, would it, be the, would it be the Lakers? Well, no, because the Lakers are already in the end season tournament. Right. Excuse me. Or a so team like the Lakers. Like yeah, it opponent. would It would be the Clippers. I mean, it's possible it could be the Clippers and would a, a fifth division game. No, I, I think the way that the NBA scheduling works typically is that every, every Pacific team plays every... Okay, so they play each other four times, and then there's one division... In, in the Western Conference that they only play three times. Yeah. So the for example, the Grizzlies uh would be that other would be that other team. But the interesting thing to point out is they actually get so the Southwest division, right? Um they the, the Rockets are or Rockets and Grizzlies are two teams that they only play three times. Um but the Northwest division, the Trailblazers are the other team that they only play three times. I'm trying to see if um I think the the Timberwolves might actually be the other team, the fourth team that they only get. Interesting. Yeah, the Timberwolves are they only get three times. So Timberwolves, who they obviously just had two games, or they just had the game in Minnesota. Um, they have two games on the docket with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, and obviously they're in the same group as the Kings. Uh, so if they somehow <laughs> if okay. they somehow make it make it uh, in advance, you might see another fourth matchup with the T Wolves. Okay. It's also you got the Jazz. You've got the Spurs that the Kings only play three times. You've got the Trailblazers. Um, in addition, you have the, the Rockets, the Grizzlies, yeah, and the Rockets. So you play the Nuggets four times. Um, yeah, you play everybody else, you know, for the most part. So yeah, that's a good question, Sean. Um, the league hasn't been totally clear, but I would say like if you do make the in season tournament, if the Kings do. And somehow they land against the Clippers. I mean, against the Lakers. That will be a fifth game against the Lakers uh, because they already have four games against the Lakers on the schedule. If they play uh, the Suns, same thing. It'll be a fourth game against the Suns. So, and who is, oh, wait, who is the fourth team in the Western Conference? Um, It's the Suns. It's the Lakers. what, What were you saying there? It's the Suns, the Lakers. The, uh, You're talking about the, the Pacific Division. Yeah, no, no, Suns, no. Lakers, Warriors, Clippers. No, who's left in the? Who else has already qualified for the? In-season oh, for tournament? the in-season tournament. The in-season tournament standings on in the West would be 
let's see. The Lakers are in the... The Lakers are in, and they have like a stupid plus 76. Something right. crazy. The, the Suns, who have a plus 34, they're three and one, but they haven't technically clinched. Nope. Um, and then, yeah, it would be... The Pelicans at plus thirty three. They're at oh, three it's the Pelicans. One, they haven't, no, no, the, they haven't the, clinched yet either. Okay, I thought I thought they were in. Um, I think in all likelihood they will. Yeah, they would be. Yeah. They could at worst case be the wild card. Okay. But the Kings, the Kings, to my understanding, could not be the wild card. Correct? No, they can't because be the wild card. because of the differential, right? Yeah, the differential. So right now, the Suns have a plus thirty four, I believe. Is that what your stats say? It's either a plus 34 or plus 37. Who, um, for the Suns? The Suns have a plus yeah. 34, yeah. Okay, they have a plus 34. So check this out. It, even though the Kings right now are 3-0 and and the Warriors and Timberwolves are, are below them in the standings, it's somehow conceivable that if, let's just say, let's say the Warriors beat the Kings by something astronomical it'd have to be like they're they already have a 25 point so if they they beat them by 60 right the warriors could actually somehow be the wild card and have and if somehow on top of that you had the um well actually i don't think they'd have to be the kings by 60 because it'd be point <laughs> differential so anyway they if the warriors actually if the warriors score if they beat the kings by 35 something right they could actually move above. And then if the Timberwolves beat OKC by 40, they could actually win the bracket. And then Golden State actually beat the Suns and take over. But here's the, the weird catch. Oh, this is the weird catch? Okay, go ahead. The Kings can't. They can only win the bracket. They can't do both. They can't they can't either win the bracket or be the wild card. They can't be in the wild card because as of right now, the Suns are done at plus 34. If the Kings lose and become part of the three-team deal, right, where we're talking all three teams tie, but if they lose, they whatever they lose by would be less than the plus 34 of the Suns. Yeah, and the flux capacitor comes into play at some point. Exactly, and, yes. Yeah, this is Dogs, cats silly. living together. Yeah, total chaos. <laughs> anyway, oh, it's all good. Just we, win, just win, just, right? Just, just win. win. I think that's that's the key, right? Just win, baby. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, Sean, let's let's do prize picks really quick. Um, yep. I, I've been having a great time doing prize picks, even though I keep getting sm just like I'm really bad at it still. Um, but the one no, thing, no progress, no progress made. Um, I, I think I've won like one decent, like I've done. Okay. It doesn't okay. help that I do like a six pick every single week. That, that doesn't, Kings. that doesn't help me. Uh, well, it's always Kings related because I have to do it on the game on the day of the game. So I did forget the other day, which was horrible. Uh, I got halfway through the first quarter and realized I had not put in my prize picks in the Minnesota game. Uh, that's something that doesn't happen typically, but, um, Here's the cool thing about price picks. Uh, you can actually do, you can mix and match your sports. And so for me, I do love watching football. I've avid fantasy football player. I've, you know, everyone knows that who has followed this podcast for any stretch of time. Um, so you can actually choose players, say from the San Francisco 49ers and pair them with guys from the Sacramento Kings as your, your three pick or five pick or six pick. And so I think it's pretty cool. Uh, it's something that, you know, again, I think it just adds to the enjoyment of the weekend or the frustration of the weekend uh, or the evening while you're trying to watch a game. And we're just having a good time with it. So play responsibly. But uh, if you're interested, go down to the um, uh, to the description on YouTube and you can find a link uh, that takes you right to price picks and you can hook yourself up there. Uh, also, um, you can go, if you're on the King's beat, uh, you can go in the newsletter, you can find a link in the podcast, uh, feed as well. Um, yeah. So price picks, it's cool. Uh, they're a sponsor of the show. Uh, uh but we're, we're also, we're having a good time playing except for Sean, who's a curmudgeon who reviews his play. Now, Brennan does like to play. Uh, if Brennan <laughs> was here, say, 
I didn't say I refuse. I just uh, just haven't. I, I'm I'm picking and choosing my time. I think I'm waiting for the baseball season. Oh, okay. See, I yeah. dig that. I dig that. Yep. So you can also uh, you can just play the second half, or you can play the first half, or you can choose all kinds of different things. Like um, I don't know, combined points and rebounds from Kevin Herter, which is usually like a winner uh, for me. That's usually one that works really well. Cause then you have, you know, say it's like 17, it gives you the opportunity for him to either score 17 points or to score 12 points and grab five rebounds. Like there are a lot of different ways that you can get to that number. So anyway, uh, jump on board with prize picks. If you so choose, it's a good time. Um, Sean, let's get, uh, let's get back to sort of, you know, surviving a trip. Uh, we're talking about a road trip. Yeah. The road trip, a brutal six game road trip. The, the Kings just made it through that sets up this this crazy, you know, in-season finale against Golden State Warriors on um, on Tuesday. But was there anyone that jumped off the page for you? And I, I guess we, we'll start with with Trey Lyles. Just we talked to him today at practice. Uh, he's in good spirits. Um, you know, he's feeling much better after the calf strain cost from the first, what, 13 games of the season. But the second he stepped on the court, uh, Sean, I thought the Kings were just a totally different team. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'd agree. I think, um, he certainly helps the physicality. I think I really enjoy, uh, him at the, at the center position for, for, for the most part. Um, he's able to come back and, and kind of pick up where he's left off for the most part. I think, um, he's hit the ground running. I think there was a lot of comfort, uh, and trust with the medical staff and them trusting the movement that he had. I know it for a lot of people, including himself, we were talking to him today that it kind of took him by surprise how long that that calf strain kind of kept him out, but um, they wanted to be a hundred percent sure he was going to be a hundred percent healthy coming back uh, and being able to be impactful right away and not have to, you know, drag the leg or, or look like a, a shell of himself. And, uh, he talked about needing to be able to run up and down the court, especially with the with the speed that that this Kings team plays with, and I think that was imperative for him to come back and and he's picked up remarkably well. I also think um, having that threat from the outside, it looks like the shooting touch is still there. It's something that you can rely on, and you have to the defenses obviously have to respect. But um, he helps them with a lot. He helps address them in a lot of different ways, and it's nice that he can continue off of what last season finished up as because if you rewind last year at this point he was really going through it and I think I, I know I've mentioned that on several podcasts but I I like to keep that perspective because it helps with the context of looking at where they are in the season right now and if you see a guy who's kind of scuffling a bit or someone like Harrison Barnes who I think has come into his own quite uh quite better than what you've seen previously and he's obviously in the crosshairs of a lot of Kings fans uh, because of his lack of scoring or shooting or, or the role he plays on this team. I think it's always important to just kind of keep that in mind that the player you know now in November could look a lot different come February and March. So um, he, he's a good example of that, and it's a it's a nice sight for them to see, especially when they're still kind of going through the injury bug, man. Yeah, they are still going through the injury bug. So for me, like the Trey Lyles uh, like experience – like he jumps on the court and you don't really know what to expect, man. He was just really like impactful. Uh, so in his first two games, he's averaging 10.5 points. He's averaging 7.5 rebounds. He's shooting 46.7% from three. And it's just automatic. Like he, he's not even hesitating. And it's something that in the past he's done. I, we talked to him today. And I think the, one of the things he said that he was watching the Kings play and they didn't have enough energy on the bench. And he said, you know, just like watching the Houston Rockets losses from afar, he didn't feel like there was enough noise. He didn't feel like there was enough, like, like things happening on the bench, like teammates cheering for each other. And so he said when he came back, he wanted to make sure that he was impactful that way, that he was being a cheerleader from the sidelines and, and being part of, you know, building the culture up. And uh, I think he's fit in perfectly. And, you know, Sean, you brought up Harrison Barnes. Um, 
since uh, Keegan Murray went down midway through the first, yeah, the first New Orleans game, uh, which again, I, I don't really know if I saw where it happened. Um, I think it was late in the first half. He got knocked to the floor and then uh, they came back out of halftime and Keegan was nowhere to be found. Um, in Keegan's absence, Harrison Barnes has been huge. So over his last three games, Harrison Barnes is averaging 18.7 points per game. He's shooting, again, right around like 46, 47% from three. And I, I think the question I have for you, Sean, is are fans are kind of like they're hit and miss when it comes to, to Harrison. And I, I think some fans want more, but at the same time, where are you going to get that more from? Because if you're giving Harrison Barnes more, that means less from somebody else. And at this point, it feels like, and I think this might be a good thing, but it feels like Harrison Barnes is your fifth scorer on the starting unit. And overall, he might be your sixth scorer uh, when you factor in Malik Monk. And I think that that's okay, especially early in the season, because this is a grind. He's a one player who's 31 years old on this roster that actually plays meaningful rotational minutes. He hasn't missed a game in a while. And so I'm I'm actually okay with him being sort of reserved a little bit and not having to expend all the energy in games in November and December that, you know, he doesn't need to waste a bunch of his energy on. Yeah, they Does got, that make sense? Absolutely. It's it's um I think fans get caught up in the scoring, you know, and all they do at the end of the game is look at the box score and go, okay, Harrison Barnes, you know. Again, at the end of the year, you'll look at it, and he's averaging anywhere from twelve to fifteen points, and you know you're you're fine with that for the most part. But then you'll look at games like, oh man, he had six points and took five shots or something like that, and it's just I I, I get that that frustration, but that was from years past where they really needed the scoring boost. They don't need that over the past two years. Any you look around, they've got buckets throughout the throughout the entire lineup. So uh, Harrison Barnes plays a different role than that he's not there for his scoring ability now teams have to respect his scoring ability because certainly he can go for as you saw in the opener over 30 points um in utah but on average i mean anywhere from 15 to 20 even 12 uh and the way he shoots from the outside he certainly has that within him so defenses have to respect it so he's out there for spacing defense uh as well as hopefully get boards and and move the ball. Oftentimes he'll move the ball and the ball doesn't find him back. So it's not always on Harrison Barnes. So, um, but when you have a guy down like De'Aaron Fox, who I think plays a lot better when De'Aaron Fox is on the floor, Harrison Barnes does. Um, and, and when Fox is out, Harrison doesn't, doesn't, rise to the top as much because he, his guy is gone. I mean, Fox has an innate ability to get him the ball quickly and early into the offense and try to find him again. Um, when he's gone, I think it that's a little bit more kind of mudded up, muddled up there. Uh, with Keegan gone now, that provides more of a scoring opportunity for Barnes. They actually need him to score. And I think, you know, by virtue of him being on these last two games, he's been able to go out there and put up a respectable scoring number. But I think he's impacted the games in other in other ways as well. I mean, he's had to play more of an active role. So um, nice to see. Hopefully they can carry that into the, into the homestand here. But you want to see Keegan Murray back out on the floor. And if Keegan Murray comes back, hopefully Harrison Barnes can still be productive in some of those other categories. Yeah, I mean, I think you need him to be a better rebounder. I think we all know that. Right. He he just hasn't been good enough on the on the glass. That's, that's something that we've talked about a bunch of times. He hasn't got to the free throw line all that much, but again, it's because his usage is down to nothing. And, I mean, his usage is under 15, which is the lowest of his career that I, I believe at this point. And the fact is that this is just kind of the rule. This is a natural progression of a player where you get players who come in who end up being uh, who who elevate their game and get better and better and better. And as one player gets better, another player, even if he's not declining, he still gets asked to take a different role. And, you know, it, this isn't... Harrison Barnes is actually a really nice luxury to have because, you know, there are teams, really, really good teams out there that rely on guys like P.J. Tucker or Robert Covington who have, like, super, super limited offensive roles. 
but they they play they're the fifth guy with the starters and that's the way their teams are built and so you have a guy who's kind of like that he's not quite the defender that those guys are but he's actually been pretty solid defensively and then he's just a guy who's who's accepting the role that he's got and then when he's given the opportunity to play in the two man game or to do the DHO you know hand the dribble handoff then you see that he can still do it it's just that that's not who he is in this team right now. And I think uh, it, while it can be confusing, it's not a bad thing. Like this is the natural prog- progression of, of NBA players and uh, with young players getting better and guys like Fox and Savonis becoming stars, mm-hmm. somebody's got to lose. And in the end, it's probably Harrison Barnes just on the sheer numbers. Uh, and outside of that, I think he's still a pretty solid player. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Did you have no, I mean nothing there? nothing more on that. I just I just you know it's having Trey Lyles back. I mean, I think you know you have Sasha Vizinkov who's kind of in the mix as well, and people are gonna wonder what his role is going forward. I think it's important to remember like this is a basketball team, and we've talked about it in previous shows where you know I think Mike Brown has a nice seven and a half man lineup, I think is what we called it. And you have some adjustable parts outside of that. Sometimes there's guys that don't play every game and matchups and whoever you know, back-to-backs and, you know, various injuries and nicks and all that kind of stuff kind of play a part. And um, one night you might see someone like Keon Ellis, who's gone down with an ankle sprain, but when he was elevated to the rotation, uh, they still haven't lost a game, James, which is... Yeah, they went 6-0 and after he got, you know, he had the blow-up game in at the end of the second Rockets game where he played great. And yeah. then he got an opportunity for six straight and they won every game. Yeah. So, and then you look at a guy like in the last game who, you know, and again, this is a team and they're spreading the love around, but Kessler Edwards was so big. We didn't mention him in the, in the, in Friday's uh, win over Minnesota and how big he was for uh, their success. And he wins the, you know, the crown and the, I don't think they bring the throne on the road yet, but uh, he, he gets the crown and, and, you know, shoot, they might have a game here in the next, uh, be it the Warriors or the Clippers and Kessler Edwards, depending upon who's available, obviously Keegan Murray, hopefully being a part of the rotation, he may not play in those games. So it, yeah. it's, uh, it ever, it's a stay ready. It's a next man up. It's all those cliches that, that coaches have, but it, it truly is shows you the depth, the quality depth of this Sacramento Kings team. Yeah, I definitely, I, I like what we're seeing here. I think that you're, you know, whether it's Kessler getting, and, and you know, I'd, I'd even point out Kessler had, I think he had 10 points and four rebounds in the win over Minnesota. Um, like he hit his shots and he was aggressive. He went in and got a rebound. He got a put back. Like he did some of the little things. And that's what these players who are sort of floating around on, on the perimeter of the rotation, guys like Chris Duarte, guys like Sasha, guys like JaVale McGee, they have to do. They've got to come in. They can't make mistakes. You can't ring up a bunch of fouls if you're Chris Duarte and get your team in the penalty. You can't uh, have like three Shackton moments if if you're JaVale McGee. You have to play within the confines of, of the of the game and and the hope that um, that you're helping the team win. And that's where I, I think again, like I don't know what happens if Keon Ellis gets healthy tomorrow, uh, which I, I don't know. We have no idea how long Keon's Keon's going to be out for. And I think that there's something to this. I didn't ask, but he's also a two-way player, which means they don't have the same reporting rules on uh, on him that they do on a standard rostered player. And I made this example earlier uh, when I was talking on the radio. But when um, 
when the Kings allocute Colby Jones to the G League, they assign him to the G League. They have to send us out a notification as media members. And then we tell everybody, Colby Jones has been sent to the Stockton Kings. Colby Jones has been brought up from the Stockton Kings. That's not the case with two-way players. It's this weird rule where you don't have to mention them at all. You just have to put them on the injury report as assigned to G League or not, or they're not on the on the injury report. If they're not on the injury report, that means that they're with the team and there's potential for them to play. If they are on the injury report as a, um, again, a, uh, like assigned to the G league, then they're not available. And then, and then there's this other gray area where we have a guy like Keon Ellis that got injured, but Sean, have you heard anything on, on his injury? Cause I haven't. No, just, just that it's a sprained ankle. Um, yeah. but <clears throat> Keon didn't, Keon was with them on the road trip. He didn't go back and return to Sacramento. He was there throughout the the road trip. I think that's an important thing to kind of keep an eye on. But um, look, they they just you know released uh, Petrushev, Philip Petrushev over the uh, over this past week. He's going to go to Olympiakos and and mm-hmm. play there. But by virtue of doing that, um, there's a, another there's a roster spot that's open still. So there's some flexibility ahead for the Kings. I, I think that Keon Ellis could be a candidate to possibly getting the two-way player taken off and elevated to a roster spot depending upon how things go I think that's a possibility for later in the season but I don't Mm -hmm. think that the Kings are really too um, worried about what his uh, his his availability of games in these first 50 could look like because I think they're going to keep him up as much as they can yeah no I, I think he's also earned it you know he he plays with a a passion and an energy that that really does bring something different. He fights through screens really well. He's long. He's athletic. Um, he doesn't mind mixing it up a little bit. Um, so uh, I, I really like what he's brought to the table. And it, it's just like a, a weird thing where, like, again, we just don't have an injury update outside of the fact that he's got a sprained ankle. Um, the Petrushev thing uh, was sort of interesting. We started hearing that, like, late last week that Olympiacos was trying to get him out of his contract or that they wanted him. Um, and then, of course, uh, it did happen this weekend. The Kings don't have any rights to put uh, Petrushev moving forward. No. Um, he's just gone. So anyway, um, that's just uh, the, the way it, it goes. You know, he's going to be a, uh, a a player who probably has to work uh, for a couple of years in Europe to make his way back over to the to the U S game. Although I think he's really done well in Europe and has a good chance to succeed over there. Um, I, I think, I think part of that too, is he just wants to play. Um, yeah. And, and if he doesn't want to be necessarily buried on a bench. So, I mean, look, you've got the, you know, the reigning Euro league MVP stash on your bench in Sacramento. It doesn't necessarily afford you the luxury of having guaranteed minutes for you. So um, if Sasha Vizenkov has to go through it, a 20, what is he? 23, 23, 23 year old Philip Petrushev can go through the same thing. Yeah, I I totally agree. So um, outside of that, uh, lots of good stuff from, you know, the, the players that that have been playing. Um, I I think, you know, Davion Mitchell is still trying to find his place with this team. Uh, I don't know that his spot in the rotation is secure uh, once Keon Ellis is back. Um, And even I would say like the way that Colby Jones has played at the G league level, uh, just keeps telling you that he might be closer than you think. He had a ferocious two-handed dunk over yeah, somebody. It, man, he has got all kinds of athleticism and he's fun. Um, and again, you're going to play Denver on, what is it, Saturday or Sunday? Uh, they're going to play Saturday. Denver this yeah this weekend. And the thing about Denver, they've got, a, they've got players like this, like Colby Jones, you know, like a Christian uh, Braun and... Uh, who else? Uh, Christian Brown and uh, Bruce Bruce Brown was there, but like very similar style of player. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's kind of a good glimpse into how you you uh, build a team up. And and I think uh, Monty McNair and, and Wes Wilcox have done a good job, at least initially here, putting together what looks like a winning roster. Um, let's see. What else do we got, Sean? Uh, yes. Okay, well, I was going to say, we, I teased when you were having your internet difficulties, I teased the fact that Brendan might be joining us. Apparently, that will not happen. His voice just isn't up to par. So. Yeah, his voice is trashed. So, yeah. 
So um, sorry, Brennan fans. We we have to go without him. I was going to ask him what movie he was watching before he, you know, <laughs> he got sick. I heard yeah. we got someone outed him at King's practice today to, saying that he was watching a movie and he fell asleep or something like that. <laughs> was that oh, you, yeah. Yeah. That he was, was supposed me. to join us the other night and didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, okay. Well, let's finish up here with the business of basketball. Do they need me to, do they need to make a deal? Is that the business of basketball? Do they, need to, Sean, do they need to make a change? <laughs> no. Sean, I don't know how this happened. Okay. But the, the in-season tournament has grown on me. Really? It, like, it has. Like, I Tell think me why. Tell me why. The, what are you enjoying okay, most? I think that the brand of basketball has been fun. Okay. I think Can I stop on, there real quick? Yep. Do you think it would be any different if not given the in-season tournament? Well, I don't know. Uh, maybe uh, like I think it, I think it would be a little bit different on a Friday night. If you lost to the Minnesota Timberwolves, I don't think it would have been like, Oh, the end of the world or, or, Oh my gosh, look, they beat the Timberwolves. Uh, well, yeah, you know, yeah, you're it's, saying it's a good win your, either from your way. standpoint, but don't you think from the player standpoint, like I feel like these games would be really good regardless. Like I, I, I still, it's, it's nice that this has happened, but I don't feel like this uh, tournament has, has, made these games more uh, appealing to players necessarily. Like I feel Fridays or excuse me, I, I feel like Tuesday tomorrow night uh, with Kings and Warriors is going to be a madhouse regardless of the in-house tournament or in-season tournament. I feel I, like I think you're right, but I think it does add like a playoff feel to it. It does like, because well, if I you, think Kings and Warriors win, would have win, that you're regardless. In. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I get what you're saying there, but I also think that there's a value to like having it like test runs in November on like basically a playoff run. Cause that's yeah. what this it would be. Like if you get to early December and you're in this battle and you're in a knockout stage and every game matters, that's a big deal. Right. Sure. So, I, I I've enjoyed it. I just find myself wondering, would these be enjoyable? if not for the tournament. And I think they would be is, is kind of where I land on. I think from a fan standpoint where all these fans, the casual fan, especially has their attention out at football, college and NFL. Um, and, and the casual fan doesn't really get wrapped up into the NBA until right around the Christmas time. Um, I think it might be serving. It's kind of bringing them on board, which if that's the case, if, if only that, then I think it's been a, a rousing success. I still want to see what happens in these coming weeks. What does the knockout phase look like? What does Vegas look like? Do we see kind of playoff basketball, as you put it so far, the level of competition has been fabulous. And I think personally, early season matchups, I actually think that these games are always really good it's usually right around January where right before the all-star break games tend to get a little kind of a little wonky. Yeah. They, you know, guys are sitting out uh, now, obviously the NBA is creating an environment. So where you can't sit out as much this year, but um, I don't know. I, I think these games would still be competitive regardless though. I think they'd be competitive, but I think, you know, there is something to, De'Aaron Fox still trying to go for buckets with 30 seconds left or with for with five seconds left. I yeah. think that there's a little bit of intensity that you don't you don't expect. And I, I can't wait for the knockout stage where it's like win or go home. I mean, really, sure. it's gonna be like the NCAA tournament. So you're gonna have like teams that have big upsets or like it, it's gonna be fun. Like I, I'm intrigued to see like <laughs> man, an Indiana Pacers, Sacramento Kings finals. That would be fun, Sean. It would be fun. It, but a winner go home, it's like a winner just go home and worry about the next game. <laughs> you know, it's not quite winner go home. I get what you're saying, but I just don't know that it can replicate that. Um, I hope so. I hope I'm wrong on that. I, I tend to be cynical, but yeah, you're right. A Kings and Pacers matchup would be really fun. Um, I do see like um I, I am curious though, really, this this coming week when you start to see Teams have already been eliminated. What do those scheduling games look like? Um, because I think you're going to hear a lot about it. Someone's going to be upset about, oh, why do we have to play the Celtics in the East? Or I don't know. The Celtics are actually up top, so it wouldn't be them. But somebody like that, right? It would just be somebody's going to feel like they got the short end of the stick. You just know it'll happen. Yeah, I think it's going to be really interesting to have just two games thrown into the schedule that haven't been scheduled before. 
And right. I, I don't know, they, they've clearly cleared out dates for those arenas because that's a huge deal to try to fit in dates. Uh, like once a, the season, even like once a year starts, you, you already have dates carved out. So, all right. Well, I know you on. like, I know you like the courts though. You're a big fan of the courts. I think they're cool because uh, like too. Kyle and I were discussing, discussing it today on the radio. Like if you just like pan through a game and you're like, Oh, it's an end season tournament game. You know, instantly because the court looks stupid and like, whether it's like hideous or not, like every time I'm like, Oh, there it is. That's an end season tournament game. Or you're like, is that a college game? Like, what is this? And then you're like, Oh no, it's an end season tournament game. All right. And they just like, again, I think the games have been quality. I think the, the competition, um, like making the point differential thing, a big deal. I, I think it's cool. And I, I think that even going forward, we're going to see even more of that. But, uh, the Kings didn't get really get, well, I guess San Antonio was in their bracket and they didn't run up the score in San Antonio, but right. maybe they could have run up the score on somebody else. Despite, right. despite the, despite the confusion of a lot of this in season tournament, all the scenarios and all that kind of stuff, it has been fun. And, uh, I, I just wonder what the casual fan thinks. I totally agree. Um, all right, Sean, do we have any final thoughts? Let's wrap this thing up. No, that was probably my final thought there is I just, uh, I, I I'm curious to see what this, this week ahead and the week after hold because um, could be a little wonky, but um, I think potentially could be really great, especially if the Kings are able to advance into this Vegas in season tournament for the first time, the players seem really up for it. Uh, and I think it does, it, it, it's it's serving a purpose, but I just wonder, you know, I've obviously brought up some curiosities there. And I think in terms of uh, non-sports related, uh, the 49ers and Eagles coming up this weekend. It's going to be a hell of the a NFC game. championship. That is going to be must-see TV. It is going to be must-see TV. I will be like, yeah, I short, we don't have a game, right? It's no, gonna, not it's on Sunday. Well, we game. never play James, so we we no, we have, but we cover <laughs> games, which I want to uh, be able to watch the game. I was hoping yeah. that this game would be when I looked at the schedule. I was hoping the game would be played in at Levi's, and it is not. It'll be in Philly, but I was able to be there for the NFC Championship and <laughs> didn't bring them luck because they didn't have a quarterback after halftime. <laughs> so oh yeah, we'll, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I've had it. This has been an interesting journey for me to uh, to have a radio show Monday through Friday where I talk football all the time. And so I know a lot of people probably didn't know that I could talk football, but I, like I enjoy talking 49ers and, and Kyle's covered the Niners for like six years on Niners yeah. wire. And so it, it's cool to be able to be uh, to talk different sports, not just be uh, Sacramento Kings all the time. Although we did ca get caught in a weird um, like tangent today about the 2012 NBA draft, like just weird. So anyway, somehow Dion Waiters came up and it spiraled us into like some sort of weird little niche conversation. Dion um, Waiters is one of those pop culture references. Uh, you know, if you're a, uh, I'm a fan of um, the Rewatchables, which is a movie podcast that Bill Simmons does on the Ringer, mm -hmm. and. Uh, during the rewatchables, one of the categories is the best Dion Waiters performance in the movie, which is like the biggest heat check. Like who's really going for it? Who kind of steals? <laughs> and that's, and it's funny because if you listen to that podcast, they have a way of dissecting a film and finding analogies to the NBA, like comparing, you know, Al Pacino or Robert De Niro to LeBron in 2015. Got it. Oh, that's Got 2015 it. LeBron. Okay. Huh. It's fun. It's always basketball with those guys. So it's fun. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Well, I don't think I really have any final thoughts. Uh, I think window, you saw how cold it was. It's going to be a really, really fun game on Tuesday night. Win, yeah. lose, or draw for the Sacramento Kings. Draymond Green is back. Uh, Keegan Murray should be back. Uh, or there's a good possibility he'll be back. I think this is going to have like an incredible uh, fan interaction uh i i would expect that there's gonna be a lot of kings fans trying to get the warriors yellow out of the building so um and then we even heard there might have been like a t-shirt snafu i don't want to go into that uh yeah genre. i don't know about that that's, right. that's I, not I, for me to say but you know who's back is draymond green is back and kings fans love them some draymond green love to hate them some draymond green <laughs> 
I don't think I I don't think Mike Brown is going to grab the mic and ask uh, no. Kings fans to stop booing Draymond Green like How's that Greg for a Popovich. The other hey, Greg Popovich, calm down. Did you buy the ticket? No, you didn't. Shut the hell up. I thought that that was really strange. I mean, I it's think it partially it's because he knows Kawhi's uh, like his personality, so maybe that's part of it. But yeah, that was interesting. Um, all right, Terrible. that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Beat Podcast. We'll be back later this week. Uh, probably on Thursday. Hopefully we'll wrangle Brendan back. Uh, hopefully his voice will be better and he'll be able to run with us. Uh, you know, these young guys, man, they just can't hang in there. They, just, they, they can't hang with us. They can't Sean. hang. No, they can't they, hang. Uh, That's right. Soft. S-A-W-F-T. <laughs> Soft. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Kings beat prod a podcast, a blue wire podcast brought to you by, by prize picks uh description down below if you want to join prize picks thanks for tuning in i uh so for fox 40 sean cunningham i am james hamby kings inside for espn 1320 and the king's beat thanks for tuning in Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.